here she go again, talking about judgment. Jennifer, we've heard you. Who you judging? We already heard that podcast about who are we judging? You asking us, who are we judging? And we should not focus on others. We have to focus on ourselves. But right about, what, what about righteous judgment? Like the Bible says that we should, there's righteous judgment. But the question I have for you all, what does that mean? What does righteous judgment mean? And the reason why I'm bringing this up again is because the church has, I feel, prided themselves and ourselves in the body of Christ as being judgy. You know, we are the truth tellers. We are the ones, we are the moral compass of this world. I've heard people say that. We as Christians, we are the moral compass of this world. No, we're not. Let's just be honest. Christ is the moral compass. Now, hopefully we should represent Christ in a way to where we reflect him, where people can say, okay, I can see their heart, I can see their truth, or it's something that appeals to them, that allows them, or the Holy Spirit pricks them to join the uh, the fold. It wants, they want to join the kingdom. So it's not we ourselves as people who are the moral compass of this world. No, it is Christ. But what is so interesting how forgiving and loving Christ is, even to those who reject him on a continuous basis. But why is it so hard for us to extend love without harsh judgment? And the Bible does talk about righteous judgment, and we're going to talk about that. But how do you know when you are out of line and you are using judgment to further your agenda, to feed your bias, or to bring people into the kingdom? Let's talk. Welcome back to Conquering Me Podcast. We are in episode 21, and we're going to talk about righteous judgment. I know this is not like a very fun topic, but I think it's a necessary topic for us to talk about so that we can have clarity and understanding and really understand how do we move in the judgment of God? Because I hear that so often that, um, so like the debate within the Christian community, we should not judge, right? And people have scriptures about not judging. And then people have scriptures about the reason why we should judge. And I find the interesting part is I feel like both perspectives and sides do they center themselves around the individual instead of around the Holy Spirit because at the end of the day the only one who has the final judgment is God himself and there's so many scriptures that we will talk about in this particular episode about that about God being the final judge and how really we as human beings we can discern things but can we truly authentically judge something properly. Now we can say when something is wrong and something is incorrect, but to be a judge, the judge is the one, when we think about it, is the one who, after assessing the entire situation, they are the ones who puts the sentence down, right? Let's think about any court show that you have ever seen. 
any court show that you have ever seen. They listen to both sides. They listen to the person pleading uh, their case, the plaintiff and the, I can't think of the other side, but basically there's two sides to, to the case. So each one is pleading on why they are correct, why they are doing what they are doing. And then the judge sits back and listens, he or she listens to the entire case. They look at the plaintiffs, they look at the person, the crime at hand or whatever it is. And then they make, a judgment. What is that judgment? A judgment is maybe a sentence. If someone has done like uh, an illegal crime, they will they be locked up for a certain amount of time or will they have community service? Will they decide to show grace or will they decide to make this person an example? If it's a traffic ticket, ticket will they say, well, no, ma'am or sir, you need to go ahead and pay for this. Or will they say, you know what, this is your first time and I understand why you parked where you parked. So you know what, we're going to extend grace and we're going to not make you pay this. The judge is the one who has the final say so. After the judge has made their ruling, nothing else can be done. Now you can appeal to other courts, but in that court, that's it. So as believers in the kingdom of God, the one who has the final say-so is God himself. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because my husband and I, we had an amazing time a couple weeks ago uh, celebrating my 40th birthday. So excited, had a great time. We went to Vegas for the first time and just enjoying the scene. We went to shows. We went to, of course, we lay, chilled out at the pool. We checked out museums. Like we did a lot of tourist stuff, right? Just him, no kids. So we were, so I didn't have to worry about waking up early. I slept in which I rarely do. I slept in. And as we were driving our uh, Lyft driver, she was a woman of God, an older woman. And she, we sparked a conversation to start talking about the word of God. And as we were driving to our next uh, destination, to our where, where we were going for dinner, we saw a protest. It was a protest for women's rights. And, you know, right now the Supreme Court has overturned uh, Roe, Roy versus Wade, what basically makes abortion illegal across uh, federal, is federally illegal. And then every state will do what they do with it, right? And so as we're seeing this large protest, it was hundreds of people out in this Vegas heat. And this, um, the driver, she said, I'm just so happy that they uh, overturned it. People don't need to be getting abortions anyway. So my husband and I got really quiet because when we are met with statements like that, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm so grateful to have a husband that is a praying man, a man of faith, and a studied man. In that moment, my husband got very quiet. I did as well, but he got very quiet. And I couldn't tell that he started to pray and ask God for wisdom. And he was just inwardly praying, asking God for wisdom, how to really speak to this other believer about this whole situation about abortion and how we should go about it. Maybe a different approach with going about it, about talking about it, but also leading people to Christ. And the Lord really began to guide my husband on what to say and how to say it. And then as he was talking, she immediately was like, well, you're right. You're right. Then she said, well, the Bible says he without uh, sin cast the first stone. 
And then she started reminiscing because I know when I was out here. So it was like as the Lord was leading my husband on how to guide her away from this harsh judgment, the spirit of love came in because my husband moved in love and he wanted her to gain understanding. He moved in love and he moved in God's understanding and God's peace. It allowed her to turn back that was about Christ instead of about her comfort zone. One thing about judgment that I have noticed, when people judge, it is from their perspective. It is very self-centered. It is about a way for them to make sure that whatever they believe is right and the, and the way the truth needs to be explained, that's how it will be. They want to justify it in all ways. So here's, a, here's another example. Maybe you are someone who has been working with someone. God has called you to pray with someone. He has called you to walk with someone. You know, one of your brothers or sisters in Christ has fallen and you're like, I'm going to, God has commissioned me to help restore them. But now you're becoming impatient because you feel like they should have been at this. They've been, I've heard this growing up. <laughs> I heard this growing up as a kid. Uh, how many times you gonna go to the altar for the same stuff? I know I've said that. And God had to check me. It doesn't matter how many times you keep going to the altar for the same stuff. You keep coming back to me. And I remember if you're one of those to where it's like, I'm working with you and I'm believing God for your faith and your healing and your deliverance and you walking in the fullness of God, but yet you're putting a timeline on it. You're in judgment. Because like the example that I gave regarding the court and the court system, the judge has the final say so. It is God who has the final say-so. We are just mere vessels in this thing, just trying to do what God has called us to do. So now let's talk about righteous judgment. In, in John 7, and I want to say John 7, and we'll start at verse 19, and then we'll go to 24. Did not This is Jesus talking. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keepeth the law. Why go you about to kill me? Now, here's the kicker. Jesus starts off in verse 19, asks, telling them, say, wait a minute. Didn't Moses pass down the law of what you should and shouldn't do? But yet none of you are keeping the law. So let's start there. Before we can start on righteous judgment, we have to examine ourselves about the things that we know that we're supposed to do and then ask ourselves, Am I keeping it? Am I fulfilling what God has required of me? Am I walking in his love? Am I walking in his grace? Am I doing the things that he desired for me to do? Let's continue. Why go ye about to kill me? Then the people answered and said, Thou hast a devil, and how, who goeth about to kill thee? Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but the, of the fathers. And yet on the Sabbath day, circumcise a man. If a man on a Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken. Are ye angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on Sabbath day? Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. This is where I hear people say, but there's righteous judgment. I want you to understand that in this scripture, 
Christ was talking to the people and the Pharisees, those who believed, those who believed that they were the followers of Moses' law. So let's just kind of put it like this. They were believers of God. So they have not experienced Christ because now Christ is here. But they believe God and they believe what their ancestors, so Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them, they believed in what was passed down to them, which came from God. Now, what's interesting is they had a problem with Jesus healing someone on Sabbath, but they had no problem with someone being circumcised, being bringing pain on Sabbath. It was a hypocritical level of understanding. Yet, they weren't even keeping the laws that were placed before them. So when Jesus says in verse 24, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. He was letting them know that you were judging according to the appearance of what you saw because they felt like Jesus was out of pocket. You doing too much. So you, you are not the Messiah. You can't be because they were looking at what he was doing. But he said, but according to righteous judgment, and we will go into righteous judgment. Here's the truth of it. It is very, very difficult for us as believers to judge not according to appearance. Because a lot of us, the moment we see something that is out of pocket, I'm not talking about stuff that is extremely wrong. Right. When I say extremely wrong, and I know that may not be the best terminology, but let's say someone like you're walking past somebody and you see uh, two people in an abusive relationship. Right. And the abuser is whooping the abusee. We can say, oh, my gosh, that's wrong. That's wrong. You shouldn't beat up. You shouldn't do this. Da, 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 da. But see, where I ask you is, can you pray for both parties? Can you pray for the one who is doing the abuse as well as the one being abused? Because, see, it's easy for us to go ahead and pray and intercede for the ones who is going through pain. What about the one who is inflicting pain? Because there's a problem there, too. Remember, we talked about in the Bible that the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principality. So the person who was doing the wrong, and this is not just the abuse case. I, I use it as an extreme, right? But anything, you see someone doing wrong, can you still stand in the gap and pray and intercede for that person, even though you see that they're wrong? Because this is when we can go into the righteous judgment. We can go into the righteous judgment. Am I doing this in a place out of a pure heart that will lead people to Christ? Or am I just saying that person just needs to go straight to hell and because they are wrong, they're never going to get in. They're the way that they're living their lives. You will never see your inheritance. You will never see God. All of these things. If that is your perspective, you're wrong. Let me read this. Romans 10 and 6 says this, 6 and 7. Uh, let's start off at uh, verse 6. But the righteousness... That is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. So Romans 10 is telling us, don't say who's going to go to heaven and who's going to go into hell. Because I've heard this a lot. Oh, those people ain't going to make it into the kingdom. I don't know. I have no eternity perspective. 
See, that's what the thing about righteous judgment. The only one who can truly righteously judge people is God himself. Because he has the entire viewpoint. He is alpha and omega. He sees it all. I cannot say, and when I say judgment, remember judgment is the final decision. I'm not talking about discernment. I think some of us are confusing discernment with judgment. You may discern that somebody is battling something. So therefore you take that to God in prayer. You may discern that someone is going down a wrong path, but you still intercede. But when you get into the place of judgment, of saying they will never make it. Ah, they're not going to get into heaven. They're going to go to hell. Oh, they will go to heaven. Whatever your language is, you are now placing yourself in the seat of God. And that, my friend, is dangerous. Whenever we are looking at someone from a godly perspective, we have to ask God for his understanding. We have to ask God for his truth. We have to ask God for his love. If we see something, then we feel that spirit of judgment coming and say, God, purify me first. The correction has to start within before it can start out. Words. It is really, that's just really it. The, correct, the correction has to start within. And so because if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to correct us within our hearts and our minds and our perspective first, then as we are looking at other people and as we're looking at scenarios in life, and I'm not saying that we cannot pray and ask God for his clarity and his wisdom on what is happening in the world. And God, how do you see this? That is actually a great uh, question to ask God. I know when the pandemic first hit and all of these things started happening, I was asking God, God, what is happening? Why is all this happening? I didn't come up or conjure up some um, answer. I waited and I listened to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gave me several passages of scriptures to study that brought clarification of what was happening and what was to come. So when we see things, I'm not asking for us not to be attentive or not to um, even do something. I'm asking us first to stop and ask God for his thoughts, his ways, his wisdom, his understanding, and then allow the word that he has given you to begin to penetrate your heart first. Because if you, if it doesn't, then the spirit of manipulation can easily come in because now we're twisting the word and we're twisting what the revelation that we have received to kind of further prove our point instead of it coming from a place of purity. I do want to read this to kind of uh, read these passages of scriptures to back up what I'm saying about the spirit of manipulation, because you can see it what the Pharisees did to Jesus himself. Jesus uh, in John 8, 15 through 16. Um, it says in here, you judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. Now, this is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking in John 8 and 15 through 16. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the father who has sent me. Remember, Jesus looks um, from eternity perspective. That is something that we cannot do. But Jesus himself says, he's telling the Pharisees, you judge by human 
standards. Now, here's the thing. Before that, please go and read that in um, John 8, because what I read was John 8, 15 and 16. Before that, they are questioning Jesus. They are questioning who he is. They're questioning if he is the Messiah, if he is truly sent, that who can testify to him and of his greatness. And then what's so interesting is some commentary says, because the Pharisees could not prove that Jesus was not the Messiah, then they flipped it to say, well, I need you to prove that you are who you say you are. Now, honey, isn't that some nonsense? The truth is this, when we are judging from our perspective, we will constantly try to twist it to meet our perspective. So I'm going to say this as clearly as possible. Righteous judgment is left up to God. We can discern and we can pray. We can intercede. We can see when something is wrong. We can see when things are out of line. But even that discernment and that alignment and that perspective has to come from God, period. First Samuel 16 and 7 says, and this is going to be the amplified version. It says, um, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Uh, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This is why it is difficult for us to have a righteous mindset. It is not saying that righteousness, it has to come from God through the lens of God. And this is why it's difficult for us to be true judges of God. It is difficult. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it is difficult for us to do that because we have to constantly check our bias. We have to constantly check our ego and our pride and our traditions at the door. We have to constantly check that. And I understand that there were judges in the Bible that were ordained by God, but that was a different disposition because of the laws that were implanted. They, it was not only, I was reading something and I wish, Lord, I hope it comes to my mind, but I was reading something about um, during that time, it's particularly in the Old Testament, they had like the laws of the land and then they had like the spiritual, the religious laws. And because a lot of people were people of the same faith, those always intertwined, right? We have to understand the time that we are living in because of Christ. Now, I can see, once again, I can see what is happening. I can hear what is happening, but it's through the lens of God. Because unfortunately, those who pride themselves as being the truth tellers, the moral compass and the judge, and I'm just, no, this is holy and this is righteous judgment. They usually do not operate in the spirit of love. This is why I need for us to stop taking pride in being judgy and judgmental. I need for us to stop putting our perspective on everything. We don't know and see all. There are so many things like, do we have a timeline on when someone can be healed and delivered or should be? You should have it together by now. You know, I've said that and I've asked the Lord, forgive me. God had to change my heart, and my mindset. God was like, who are you to tell when someone is supposed to have their life together? You don't have your life together. Oh, swallow that real quick. 
hypocrite. I don't understand why they keep repeating the same mistakes. If you've said that, are you in judgment? Maybe until we have a full understanding of how to discern and lead people to Christ properly, we shouldn't focus on judging folks. We should just focus on, I just want to bring them to Christ. And I'm going to ask God how to do it. I'm going to ask him for his wisdom and his knowledge and his understanding. I'm going to ask him for his love and his grace. I'm going to ask him for him to give me all of him so that I can do and be who he's called me to be. Righteous judgment is left up for the Lord at the end of the day. Because we can only see so much, understand so much, and articulate so much. Righteous judgment is left up to all, is only left up to God. Because here is the truth. Because if you pride yourself on always judging someone, you better watch it. Because you might be the one in their shoes. Galatians 6 and 1 says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. Wow, that's a key word right there, gently. But, and here's the warning, but watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. Here is the thing, when we are so focused on judging people and telling people how they should live and telling people what they need to do right instead of just preaching. I just need for us to get focused on preaching and teaching the word of God. Just when I say the word of God, let's focus on Christ. Let's focus on God. Let's focus on the biblical characters that were in the Bible and how they lived and how they overcame and how they moved in faith. Let's focus on that. I am not saying not to say when something is a sin or when something is out of pocket. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what is the focus People who are usually judges, they are always looking for something to clown somebody on. They're always looking for the wrong in somebody. He or she shouldn't be doing that. They know better than that. They know better than that. They know what, what they can do and what they can do. And I'm going to end with this. 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm going to read the entire chapter. It says, though I speak with the tongues of man and the angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not loved, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and it is kind. Love does, love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not have does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. It is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endure all things. Love never fails. But rather there are prophecies that will fail, whether there are tongues that will cease, whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, that then that which is in its part will be done away. 
When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish thing, things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. No, I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am not known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. If your discernment, your words of wisdom, your words of knowledge, your prophecy, your teaching, your preaching, whatever it is, if it does not operate in love and if it does not restore people and bring the truth of God under the banner of God's love, you could be operating in judgment and you could be placing yourself as the one who sees and knows all. We have to continue to remind ourselves to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. I do not know what tomorrow may bring for someone else, let alone myself. So I hope I made this clear. I am not asking for us not to see the wrong or speak up about the wrong things in life and what is happening in the world. Because no, we have to speak about these things. But I'm asking you to check your heart. Because a lot of us are sending people straight to hell and we're putting people in heaven. A lot of us are telling telling folks, oh, they, their marriage ain't going to work out. This is not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Da, 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 da. You are not the judge. You are not. You, we, can, we are limited as humans. I can ask God for knowledge and revelation and understanding and, and a prophetic world, word. But even that scripture that I just read, it says we prophesy in part and we know in part. So even the prophets, they only pro- their prophecy, they only know so much. The prophetic word is only so much because why? God is all knowing. So what is righteous judgment? I want you to go back and listen to this podcast. Look at those scriptures that I gave you. Really read and study it. Are you taking pride in being righteous judger or are you taking pride in just being a love servant? Are you taking pride in telling people what they should and shouldn't be doing because you know the word of God? Are you taking pride in walking with someone, restoring them, bringing them into the fold, taking the time to give them true understanding to the point where it humbles you and it humbles your understanding? And it actually changes the very language that you are used to speaking. How are you judging? I love you all. I pray that you have received something. I think this is one of those to where I really do pray that everything was concise, but I hope it made sense. This was a topic that is really robust. And it has a lot of various elements to it. And I only could speak so much that the Lord allowed me to say. And I hope that you have gained something. And I hope that if you feel like you are battling a judgmental spirit, that you really take that over to God in prayer. And even for those who are like, well, I'm not really judgy. You know, I don't care about what people do. I'm not asking you not to care about what people do. Hear me. I'm just asking you to put, place yourself in the right perspective. Place yourself in the right perspective. 
When we read the word of God, we have to understand what it is saying in its contents, who is speaking, why they said what they said, what was happening all at that time. So we won't just take the scripture and say, well, the Bible says righteous judgment. But what does that mean? And we have to study scripture in light of others. We have to take the word of God and place it with another scripture in the word of God and then place it with another scripture and take time with those scriptures and study until it rinses us over. The word of God starts with us first, the person who is reading it. Anytime I'm reading and studying and even speaking, it starts within me first. I see my lack of understanding. I see my ignorance. I see where I was boastful or proud. I see that. And I'm grateful because that's what the word of God is supposed to do. But it also shows me the hope and the joy and the way of escape because that's what the Lord does. So it's all of those things that I see when we study. So I hope that when you study the word of God, that you see the complete picture. That you see something that God has ordained for you to see in that moment. Lord, we thank you for this time that you have allowed us to come together, God. I ask that you bless every listener on this podcast. I ask that you bless me, God. I ask that you continue to endow me with your knowledge and your understanding and the ability to articulate your word that will bring people closer to you and bring people into the kingdom who have never even thought about being your child. God, I thank you because your spirit is what moves and breathes within us, God. I thank you for you continue to show us where we have cast the judgment where we should not. And God, if we need to go back and apologize to people, let that be so. We need to first start within, uh, with you. Lord, forgive us for placing ourselves at your feet, at your seat. We know that you are the final judge, period. And But God, we thank you for your wisdom and your discernment so that when we do see, see things that do not align with your word, that we will not be silent, but yet we will pray. We will intercede. And when it's time for us to speak, we will speak with your grace and love and we will speak with scriptural understanding so that you will get the glory. Lord, if there's anyone on, that is listening that do not know you and the pardons of their sins, they don't know you as their savior. They're like, ah, what is this thing? But maybe this, this particular episode helped them because they felt like they were being judged constantly. And they felt like maybe they had to be this harsh, judgy person. But in this episode, they realized, I just got to walk in love. And then God's going to lead and guide me along the way. If that's you, I want you to repeat after me. Lord, come into my heart. I confess my sins unto you. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died and rose for me. And I believe that I am forgiven because that's who you are. You are a forgiver. If you believe that, and if you said that, you are now saved. We are rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. And you are not alone. We are not alone in this walk as believers. We will operate in love. We will operate in his tenderness. We will operate in his kindness. So we thank you for giving us those gifts and we will learn of you more and more every day. Love you all, and I speak to you next Friday.